the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Chaplain, San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand Up for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. All you need to do is call us, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Day Day, it's your show. Yeah, yeah. So you, if you need to go home or whatever, go ahead. I, I got you. I just offered. No. Just before the show started, I said, okay, Paul, you want to do the whole hour by yourself? And she said, don't you love these people? And I said, no, you can do it. Uh-huh. And she didn't give me an answer. So it's your show. What do you want to do today? I want you to sit right there. So if I say something that's not right, you can shake your head and then you can fix it. <laughs> yeah, I tell the ladies that all the time. If I don't know the answer, I've got a cell phone. We can call him up right now. <laughs> Let's get that answer. The Lord has called him to this ministry. I'll just kind of tag along on Thursday. So anyway. But anyway, it is a good day. I've been having a really, I don't know, man. It's been just a a great week ever since, you know, I started praying, you know, stir up our gifts, oh, Lord, and and then give us fresh wind, fresh fire. You know, there was a book. I didn't read it, but that's what it says. I just got that in my head. But anyway, um, Looking for those divine appointments. Yeah, you know, why don't, in, in fact, before just starting there, okay. why don't you share the experience that you had yesterday that you were talking, and, and then we can have a whole bunch of people praying for Israel. Yeah. Um, so yesterday, you know, going on my walk, minding my own business, just me and Jesus talking, and I'm, I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to miss a thing, you know. Give me those divine appointments. Well, I, I'm, I'm down in the corner. I'm halfway finished with my walk. And, you know, walking past uh, some lawnscaping people. And one of the young men says to me, well, hi, precious. And I just <laughs> kind of held my heart and kind of stepped How do you back. know my wife? You know, and I said, I don't even know you. So how do you know my name? He goes, that's your name? I said, well, my real name is Paula. But Jesus, my husband, and several other people call me precious. And just started talking. So he was in the truck with another guy who had an army hat on. So he introduced me to him. And then his boss and another co-worker came off of the driveway of the house they were working on and introduced themselves to me. And, um, you know, just kind of a fun time, you know, just talking about Jesus. And one of the guys' name was Israel. And Israel had on this hat, and he wouldn't look up. And, uh, you know, I'm crazy and joyful. And the, the one guy who called me precious, he said, yeah, I'm looking for a new house of God. I was like, oh, cool, you know. But I couldn't get my mind and my eyes off Israel, who never lifted his head. And I'm figuring these guys, probably the oldest one is 50. The youngest is like mid-30s, you know. And um, <clears throat> I said, Israel. Wow, you know what that means. And he never looked up, but he kind of shook his head. And I said, and I got down so I could look up under his hat. I said, governed by God. And I hope you are, and if not, that soon you will be. And still he's not saying anything. And you could just tell kind of shame on his on his countenance. And I just thought, you know, no matter so I said, no matter what you've done, where you've been, who you hurt, who hurts you, the Lord knows exactly why you are the way you are, where you are right now. And he sent me to tell you that he has a much better plan for your life than you do and how much he loves you and he always has and always will. And he still is kind of not that 
he's he's kind of wants to believe it, but he kind of doesn't. You know, it's kind of that look. I was like, oh man, this guy's really hurting. And so, if y'all would pray for Israel in particular, I would greatly appreciate it. So I I'm, I'm steady talking, and you know, it's Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. You know, where is that? Over here by you know True Fit, and um, I said, in fact, if you need any medical help, and the boss of these other three guys says, I've been there. He says, I have diabetes. I went there. And the other guy says, my girlfriend went there because she has epilepsy. And, and they were talking about Malta Medical. And they're talking about Malta Medical. And I said, so you probably saw a doctor. Yeah. You know, and they, I don't even know if they knew. Well, they probably didn't know the other one went you know, as well, but small world, you know, it's just a, it's not a small world when you're, you're looking for divine appointments. Yeah. And see, that was one of them. And, and, uh, in fact, Paula was so moved today. We were getting ready to go to breakfast this morning and she goes, well, I'm going to go this way for just a couple of minutes. Cause I, I'm going to take a business card and, and give them to the guys if they, if they see if they're still working and they weren't working there yeah. uh, at the same place today. Actually, I wanted to take a bulletin. So they could see all that we have. And yeah, because um, mm-hmm. I, I usually pass out business cards, but a bulletin, I think, is is bigger for one thing and it has <laughs> everything on there. And so, but they weren't there, but the Lord knows where they are. So, anyway. so please keep Israel mm-hmm. in prayers and the other guys. But mm-hmm. it, it's anything when, when you do, and I've run into a bunch of people throughout the years who mm-hmm. who thanked me for Malta Medical. I said, well, how do you know about Malta Medical? Well, mm-hmm. I've been going there for two years and love the doctors and they always pray for me and they take time and uh-huh. and uh, just one of the neat neat ministries that God has asked us to sort of take a step of faith and do. And uh, at Malta Medical, the people, um, they get Jesus and they get doctors who love them and care for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they remember that experience because you just don't get that kind of treatment um, at most clinics. Okay, Paul, let's take a break for a phone call. we got uh, Horacio from San Marcos on line one. Horacio, thanks for calling. You're on the radio. Hello, what's the both of y'all? Pastor, thank you. Um, thank you. Pastor, is there a book out there for dummies on Revelation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, Horatio, uh, if if you would go to our website, calvarysa.com, my notes are all there. And I start the whole study in Revelation by saying this book is not nearly as difficult as people think it is. In fact, I'm going to go out of my way to make it simple for you. And all of my notes are there. If you don't have the time to listen to the Bible studies, I don't blame you for that. But all of my notes are there. And basically, it is a commentary on the book of Revelation. Okay, okay. I appreciate that. I'll do that. Thank you. Uh-huh, my pleasure. God bless. Mm-hmm. We are currently in Revelation on Friday night. It's not tomorrow night because we've got our children's Christmas play I coming up tomorrow so and Saturday. Excited. Yeah, yeah. Just love to watch the kids. Uh-huh. So uh, that's tomorrow night. So we're going to take a one-week break from Revelation. Mm-hmm. And then as we get closer to Christmas, I'll start writing <laughs> Revelation. Doesn't seem appropriate, but that's that's yeah. okay what, what we're going to do. Uh, so, Horatio, I hope that helps. Thanks very much. Uh, there are other books out there. Um, um, John Walverd. Uh, W-A-L-V-O-O-R-D. His commentary on Revelation is is um, um, wonderful. Uh, Things to Come, a book by Dwight Pentecost. Uh, he's now with the Lord, but but it's it's a book that's um, um, available out there. So there are some really really good ones out there and available. Mm-hmm. I love it when people want to read Revelation. Mm-hmm. I used to think it was scary, you know, the woman on the dragon and all that kind of stuff. But you know, uh, Horatio, you could not only read the commentary, but you can listen to him actually teaching it with the Bible and the notes. It really helps. So. Because I'm like a, what do you call voracious note taker? Mm-hmm. Is that we, the word? Yeah, we've had, uh, I mean, we've taught it like four times here mm-hmm. uh, at Calvary Chapel. We're in, and we're right in it right now. We're right in the middle of it right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think, Horatio, it's a book, along with the book of Acts, that every Christian ought to read at least twice a year. Yeah. We've made that clear. And of course, Revelation promises a blessing for the people that read it and take to heart what's in it and then do it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Sure, so, sure. I know. Divine appointments. And the question is, what's so good about them? Well, what I told you yesterday is yesterday. Even though yesterday, while I was talking with those four gentlemen, a lady and her husband walked by me who recognized me from the gym. Her name is Jill. And she's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a long time. But she could hear that we're talking about Jesus. And she and her husband, and she came over to give me a hug. So that's another thing. Because a lot of times, even when you're not talking to people, others are listening. And we pray that when we're out, that people will see Jesus and hear about Jesus everywhere we go. So what's so good about them? Well, today is another day. And so we always are looking for those opportunities. Well, the place that we used to get our our nails done, they really didn't understand English. But at this place that we now go, they do. And so today, um, you know, they're asking questions, and we've been there before. And um, so how long have you guys been together? You know, over 50 years. And the one lady, she opened that door so wide, she says, (laughs) what's the secret? And I said to Pastor Ron, do you want to tell her? Yeah. And so we get to witness to people all the time about the goodness and the power of God uh, to sustain and change um, and transform lives. And it was just a really sweet time. And so, but the main secret is to live to please God and not yourself. Um, because that's the key. Jesus really loves you, and he does have a much better plan for your life than you think. And then when I was... And see, can I interrupt all this for a second? You, you know, this isn't something you have to go out and work up a sweat over. You know, it's not like, okay, i got to share Jesus. I gotta share. The, the opportunities are out there. Mm-hmm. If you're available to the Lord, mm-hmm. the opportunities are out there. And when you and I talk, now I have a, a soft voice. You don't. You can hear your voice mm-hmm. from a whole room away. Yeah. And and people hear us, they know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, um, um, the door, God just swings the door wide open. And um, again, it's not something that you have to be afraid of. It just happens so naturally. Uh, as long as you're looking for the opportunity to honor the Lord and asking him for those divine appointments, you're going to get them. Mm-hmm. And I can be quiet, but not necessarily when I'm talking about Jesus because everybody needs to hear that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to him. So anyway, I'm all finished with my my pedicure, but I have to wait for my manicure. So I I go up to the front, and I'm sitting down with, I don't know if he's the owner or just the manager, and this is what he says. I love it when you come here because you always bring such good energy. I was like, well, thank you, mm-hmm. but it's Jesus. I got the, I have the joy, joy, joy down here in my heart, down here in my heart, down here in my, you know, the song, joy, 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 joy down in my heart. I don't know heart. that song. Could you sing? Down yeah. in my heart today, <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's. You bring good energy. I bring some good energy. <laughs> But they all understand English. Yeah. You know, it's funny to me, Paula, and, and mm-hmm. I've said this to you a thousand it. times, mm-hmm. but if people don't believe the truth, they will believe absolutely anything. Yep. It's like you walk in and you're flash or something, and this this speed energy mm-hmm. <laughs> follows you. No, that's just the light of Jesus Christ. And and we get opportunities like that to, to explain to people, no, what you're seeing is mm-hmm. that kind of light. Mm-hmm. And you know one of my favorite verses, and God who lives in unapproachable light. And then I stop right there and say, but but see, we can approach him. He gives us access. Yes. He's like, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And even if you're not heavy laden, he says, come sit in my lap. Let's just talk. Let me hug you. Hug me back, but let me hug you. It's just a cool life. So anyway, so what's so good about Divine appointments, they're divine. <laughs> Duh. When you told me you were going to ask a question, I thought, well, that's kind of a, and no offense, nothing personal. That's kind of a silly question because they're divine. That's why. Oh, that's divine. You know, there's a candy. You used to get it, candy. 
you could call it divinity or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. How it's can white that be, fudge with, yeah. with the marshmallow cream and How could the that not walnuts be good? and stuff. It's oh, divine. Yeah, it's divine. Yeah. yeah. So. So anyway. So anyway, now I'm kind of going to change the tenor of this whole thing because the other day you had a question on the radio and it was about churchgoers and this is what I hear heard was it's about churchgoers who they come and they might listen maybe half heartedly I don't know just come to get the notch that I went to church but they're not really living it mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of been bothering me because I you know for years I've been ministering to especially of course the women and some of the women who come from other churches have one, sometimes two children from different people in their church. Yeah. Sometimes. And they've, been, and they've been in church the whole time. And they've been in church the whole time. And a lot of these ones who have these children are from the pastors and or the elders of said churches. And it just shouldn't be, and so. And you know, part of part of the problem, Paul, is is in in those cases. And we're not talking just about a few isolated cases. No either. way, no. Um, but in talking to those people, they don't really think there's anything wrong with it. It's just normal. Yeah, just that's just life. It's that's just, just the yeah. way it is. In some churches, um, we got you know people living wrong lifestyles. The list of People who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God um, serving on the worship team, sometimes even the worship leaders. And uh, the Lord is saying it's time to clean this up. Um, I was, you know, in Hebrews twelve fourteen, it says at the beginning, it says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And, you know, um, sometimes, Pastor Ron, you are teaching, you're always teaching, but there are times when you are preaching. Mm-hmm. And it's. There, there are times when I'm begging. <laughs> yeah. There have been some times where it's so heavy, you know, because you and I are one, and I know you pretty well, where. It's like it's almost a crying in my heart while you're saying, those who are in this room in particular, please hear what I'm saying, what the Spirit is saying to you. Because the more we say no, the harder our hearts get. And there have been some times when I'll be like, he is talking to somebody in particular right now. The Lord is saying, today is that day. Just kind of like you said, um, the day you got saved, you knew it was your last chance. And there are some times when you're preaching, begging, where it's as though the Holy Spirit is telling you, this is somebody's last chance. And so... um, it's not enough just to go to church and kind of really be, you know, a participant. So many of the churches you hear, yeah, uh, but did they really hear what the guy said? And, you know, we listen to some people on the radio sometimes, and I'm like, what are they saying? They're not even saying anything. And the people in the congregation are like, yeah, amen. I'm like, do you even know what you're saying amen to? And so... um it's kind of breaking my heart, if you can tell. <laughs> I've been having nightmares yeah. like you for the last couple of three nights. You know, Paul, you said something to me. Let me give a phone number in case anybody wants to chime in on this or has any questions for Paula. Three four zero ninety five eighty five is our main number. Uh, Paula, you mentioned to me uh, in our conversation the other day about this. Um, um, you said there there just doesn't seem to be concern about or a desire for holiness Mm -hmm. in people sitting in the church. 
And this week in particular has been a difficult one for me on the radio program. You know, we've been doing the show now uh, going on 10 years. And, and um, you know, you get used to all kinds of questions. But this week we've had questions, um, uh, people who are professing Christians, they're in church all the time, and um, they're living together because they wanted to buy a house before they got married. That was the question. That's the one yeah, that got that, me. that, that. That uh, just ripped my heart out. I mean, it was, it was. What do you mean? You want to buy a house before you you want to please the Lord? We had another one who said, "Well, there, there are people living together, and God's answering their prayers about something." And and uh, and and the question was, "Can God answer prayers?" I think that's the same question. Said? And yeah. and and the answer is no. Of course not. Mm-mm. But we've got people who are in, in in their homes. There's no reflection of Jesus Christ in public. They're they're professing Christians, but but in their own homes, there's no love. There's no kindness. There's no patience. No gentleness. Um, and and this barrier between them and God can can so easily be removed um, simply through repentance, genuine repentance. But but it's again like. Like repentance isn't a big deal. It's like, oh no, God, God understands. God gets me, and He doesn't. Mm-hmm. The question yesterday we had about somebody who had um, um, uh, the, the food stamp thing, oh, yeah. uh, and, and that person knew it was wrong. But see, that person woke up, and the Holy Spirit was convicting him. Mm-hmm. The, the the people that are sinning, and there's no conviction of the Holy Spirit in their heart. That terrifies me, and yeah. it's caused me a lot of heartbreak this week. Mm-hmm. Let's take Thomas on line one. Thomas, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yeah, hi, uh, Pastor Ron and uh, all. Uh, I mean, you guys had ministered to me big time. You know, I was in, in a bit, and you know, uh, of a situation. But what you guys, what you have brought up yesterday, Pastor, and what you touched on again, Paula, and I too. It's not that, and for those that, because I am a Christian, but the thing about it was that. I fell into that, and I had to get things straight because that is what the Holy Spirit was convicting me about, and it moved on me. And, Pastor, when you're talking about this, and, Paula, you were commenting on, well, do you know what you people are even saying amen about? Ron, that's when you got to step in and say, and I know I'm talking to people about this, and you know who you are, and I'm not pointing fingers, and I'm not out of love. But it's just to remind you that, as you said a couple of days ago, or I think it was last week, he's in the balance. And you have to get these things right because you're not going to see the kingdom of God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thomas, I'm, I'm about as direct as somebody can get. I don't yell. I never raise my voice. But especially during those times when I'm giving invitations um, there, there's, I'll, I'll tell people we, we've had an invitation when the Lord was speaking in my heart saying, there's a bunch of people that should be here. And I'll look out and there's three or four women who've come forward and I'll say, men, where are the men? This is a time to be a man of God. Mm-hmm. Behold the man, Pilate said of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, how about we behold some men? God is speaking to you. Are you going to sit still or are you going to come and you're going to let God deal with your heart? And Thomas, I'm so grateful that, that you listen to the knocking of the Holy Spirit at the door of your heart and, and responded to him. Uh, there just isn't that level of seriousness about our walk with God. Um, resident in most people who are sitting in church. And that is a tragedy. You know, one of the things, Paul, to talk about in the Gospel of Mark is, is and we're only in chapter one, I haven't finished chapter one yet. Yeah. And, and, and Jesus is always surrounded by people. And the thought that keeps running through my mind is, uh, those people were close to Almighty God. I mean, they were close enough to hear his voice, some of them close enough to touch him, many of them close enough to be touched by him, Mm -hmm. physically touched, Mm -hmm. and yet some of them never let that nearness to God, they they never took advantage of that opportunity. And I think, Thomas, the same thing is true of a lot of people in church. The Holy Spirit is working, the Word of God is being proclaimed, some people are getting saved, but a whole bunch of people are sitting on their rear ends, and they're just thinking, well, it's okay, God gets me, or, 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 or well, I just don't agree with that. And um, the lack of, of seriousness when it comes to this issue of holiness is a frightening thing, and it's the reason that there's a lot of power missing 
in the church today. Well, Paula, we've got 30 minutes left in our program. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Date Day show. That means Paula is live in studio with me, and you probably need to take advantage of her wisdom today. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paula? Well... You know, I love conviction because when I hear the Lord say, "You're the one," yeah, I'm the one. <laughs> but it, it's it's painful, you know. It is definitely painful. But I love the that the Lord wants to purify me, so that He has less to burn up when I get to heaven. He's a good God, um, and so uh, I was thinking, you know, sometimes what I'll say is. It's hard to come to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, if you're not serious about the Lord. And I'm sitting here like five services with you teaching a week, um, three on Sunday. I'm there for all three. And people ask me, are you here all the time? Yeah, I wouldn't miss it. And then Wednesday and Friday. Well, only four this week because you don't do Friday. So, um, But but you're going to be here. But I'm going to be here <laughs> oh, yeah, for the kids' play. So... You know, I was thinking it's really difficult to come here if you're not serious about the Lord. Well, I, I was thinking about Phineas today because in Numbers 25, you talk about it's serious time. Um, while Israel was in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to sacrifices to their gods. And they bowed down before these gods, yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. That's conviction. <laughs> but the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of these people, kill them and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. Now stop because, for a yeah, the leaders. <clears throat> Go ahead. Yeah, stop for a minute. Now, he's talking about the leaders. They're the ones more accountable. To yep. Much is given, much more is required, Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and God is making an example of these leaders because the people that are following them are going to going to follow their practices yeah. and and God is is said that this is a serious matter mm-hmm. and if God says take the leaders of these people kill them and expose them in broad daylight mm-hmm. how much more should we who when the holy spirit is convicting us as we sit in church how much more should we respond i mean if god looks at sin this seriously mm-hmm. now this is sexual sin uh, but 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 it doesn't matter it could be just whatever any. god is convicting you about it's keeping you yeah. from being in that that fellowship with God that He He paid everything for. Yeah. So yeah. sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. I, I I need that. So Moses says to Israel's judges, each of you must put to death those of your people who have yoked themselves to the bowl of Peor. Then an Israelite man brought into the camp a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. That happens all the time. We're having, you know, we're, we're, church is going on, and we know that there's sin in our own hearts. And we also know we might be sitting next to somebody who is living in open Sin. See, we tell them, you know, you can't live like you're living and get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Don't judge me, brother. Yeah. And and can you imagine if God says, okay, well, run him through with a spear. Yeah, because <laughs> that's just about ready to yeah. happen. And so um, when Phineas, Phineas is a hero, and this right here reminds me of the times when you are begging somebody. When Phineas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw this, he left the assembly, took a spear in his hand, and followed the Israelite into the tent. Because he's a great idea to do, you know. But he drove the spear into both of them, right through the Israelite man and into the woman's stomach. Then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. But those who died in the plague, number 24,000. You know, when we overlook even our, you know, our own sins, but we overlook the sins of others without saying anything, 
a whole lot of people go down. Yeah, and you know we don't kill them. Um, this is a different dispensation, a different different um, age of grace. Uh, but but this is God's view on sin. And when we're afraid to tell people who are sinning, who profess to be Christians, um, then then you know we're the ones getting Eleazar's or Phineas's spear mm-hmm. uh, driven through us. Um, we're allowing people to die. Twenty-four thousand people died. Had 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 uh, Phineas or others stood up when the sin began. Most of those twenty-four thousand would have been spared. Yeah. And yet, here in in our church culture, because of grace, and I love grace. I preach grace more than anything else. But but we're we're so used to. Oh, God wants me to be happy. Um, and, and Paula, that is a prevailing heart inside the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, you've heard me say, I think half of the people that come to church every Sunday aren't really born-again Christians. Yeah. And, and you know, when you're pleading with people to get right with God and they don't, that just reinforces that these are people who are going through the motions, are doing the things that they know they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. but they're doing them with the heart that isn't, isn't um, for the Lord at all. Yeah. And we all think, well, well, no, God gets me. God understands why I am the way I am, or God understands my needs, or, well, we want to get, we want to buy a house first, or, mm-hmm. or we've just lost the sense of seriousness yeah. about walking with God. Now, seriousness doesn't mean it's not fun. Uh, we're on a, a lifelong adventure. But what it means is that we've got to be serious about Jesus, about our walk with the Lord. You know, you mentioned in the first half hour of the program today that when I got saved, I knew it was my last chance. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know how I knew that, but God impressed upon me the day I was running away from home that this is it. This is serious. Mm -hmm. It's time to get right or whatever else was going to happen. If you cross this line, uh, it's a a line of no return. Yeah, there's no going back. Yeah. And um, um, maybe because I'm so grateful that he didn't allow me to cross that line, um, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, you're serious, and you want, you don't want anybody else to cross that line. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, you've also heard me say a thousand times, the more you say no to Jesus, the easier it is to say no. Yeah. The next time, and the harder your heart becomes. And we've got people in our church, and it's not just our church. Every church has people in it that have gone through the religious motions. Um, God would say, as he did in Isaiah, my soul hates your festivals and your feasts. I detest when you spread your hands out in prayer. Who asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? There's a whole bunch of people sitting in churches that are trampling God's courts with the, 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 the quality of life they are living and when the Holy Spirit is knocking the door of their heart, they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to be pointed out. They don't want to draw attention to themselves. They always rationalize it because I know how Satan works. Well, well, okay, I know this is wrong and I'll deal with it later. Yeah. And, and Satan wins. Yeah. And um, I, I think if revival is going to happen before Jesus comes... It's got to be we stop caring about what people think. We've got to stop worrying about the public embarrassment. Think more about the embarrassment our sin causes the Lord. If God were killing people like Phineas was killing this family, mm-hmm. or if God were killing people who were hypocrites like he killed Ananias and Sapphira, uh, then maybe we'd be more serious. Yeah. But why does it take that? I don't know. And this has been a heartbreaking week on the program for me. Okay, I'll stop mm-hmm. preaching. Uh, I'm going to read. I'm going to read verse ten and through twelve. After Phineas killed these two people in sin, the Lord said to Moses, "Phineas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites, since he was as zealous for my honor among them as I am. I did not put an end to them in my zeal. Therefore, tell him." I am making my covenant of peace with him. And don't we want to be in that covenant of peace with the Lord, not bowing down to other people? We should not, we should need, we should not need acceptance or approval from other people. I want to live just like I told the young lady. We told the young lady at the, at the place today. No, it's about living for Jesus, not living for self. And even the mom who uh, was, 
arguing with her husband about her son being saved, but there is no fruit. There's another place where the Lord says, no, 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 put a sword to that, and you're going to be able to save this boy's life um, by telling him the truth, that he has to make that choice. And I don't know this woman, so this isn't personal. This is just a general observation. But we who are parents, we're more concerned about our feelings than our kids getting to heaven. Yeah. And so we we convince ourselves that our kids are saved mm-hmm. because, well, I took them to church. I did what I was supposed to mm-hmm. do. Uh, mm-hmm. th- they got baptized or mm-hmm. they, they answered an altar call at a youth camp or wh- whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. Well, I take them to youth service all the time. Mm-hmm. That doesn't save anybody. No, we have plenty of kids in our school who have looked the part. <clears throat> Yeah. But yeah, and, and they're getting they're getting Bible till it's it's like the <laughs> the, the meat in the Israelites' noses, you know, coming out of the noses. Um, but but see, that's our responsibility. Yeah, and and when somebody's acting in a way that would suggest they're not saved, um, we tell them. Yeah, don't you want to go to him? Well, I'm a Christian. Well, what makes you think you're a Christian? Mm-hmm. Why, Paulo? Why don't parents? If it's not that, well, that would just make me feel bad because I want my son or my daughter to be mm-hmm. saved. Mm-hmm. Why won't we be real with our kids? Why don't we love them enough to say, you know, it's time to get serious? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing that if our kids don't get A's and no less than B's, it's a reflection on us. And so. You know, did you try your best? If you tried your very best and you just got C's, great. But when it comes to spiritual things like heaven or hell, we want them in heaven so bad. We want our efforts at being parents to do the right thing to just, you know, they come to church with me. They are respectful and quiet, but they have no regard for Jesus, whatever, and we don't want to. We don't want to and face up. Obviously, to Paula, we love our kids. Yeah. But we got to redefine love. Yeah. Because loving them is telling them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. God does that over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Jesus in in the Gospels, He's okay. telling people not what they want to hear. What in fact, what He's telling them is going to end up getting them killed. But He tells them what they need to hear. Yeah. Uh, in my study coming up on Sunday, uh, when the, the 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 paralytic was being lowered on the mat through the roof. Jesus looks up, and I always think with a smile on his face, and he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Mm. And I'm thinking, the whole group of the friends, what do we, that's not what we came here for. <laughs> yeah. We didn't come here to talk about sin. We came here because you're healed people, and our friend needs to be healed, so, yeah. so make him dance or something. <laughs> and and I, think, I think sometimes um, we've got to be like Jesus in so far as we tell people what they need to hear mm-hmm. instead of what they want to hear. And unfortunately, uh, this is just something, and I, I can't help but to believe it's rooted in, well, I just can't imagine my son or my daughter being in hell. Yeah. Well, but, but if it hurts, and it's supposed to hurt, yeah. then do something to fix it, to change it. Yeah. Tell them the truth. God deals with honesty. Yeah. He can't deal with that kind of duplicity. Yeah. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's you just right. read that. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, we we look at holiness as sort of this unattainable ideal, and um, I'm, I'm radio audience. Please forgive me. I'm going through a phase right now. <laughs> I mean, there, there's just been a lot of this, and it it breaks this pastor's heart. Yeah. Well, the Lord's going to kill you if you don't tell the truth. <laughs> he will he will have me to run this. No, but no, it, you, we've got to stand up. You know, if if we would think, what if I only had. 24 hours to live and Jesus was going to come back and get me. Wouldn't I live differently? You know, but the problem is, like you're saying, we have to live with the people and we want, we don't want to rock the boat. And so we got to, we do have to stand up. But I see, want but to see the answer is Th- Thomas who just called in yeah. the first half of the program. Yeah. Thomas knew he was doing wrong mm-hmm. or knew he was holding back mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit convicted him. You got two choices. You can run away from God or you can run to God, but there's no in between. There's no in between. And Thomas understanding that mm-hmm. said, Jesus, open your arms because here I come. Here I come. And, and that changes lives mm-hmm. and not just Thomas's life, but the people around him. They'll mm-hmm. see that his commitment to Jesus is genuine. And um, the one thing that we've got to know is that we're, uh, in his will, in the middle of his will. And you can't do that if you're 
taking a casual approach to sin, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what everybody else does. You know, again, when I hear parents and they've got their kids, they allow their kids to be on social media without supervision. Um, uh, and today, again, my heart broke. I was waiting for you, and I, I watched uh, uh, three people in a, in a uh, looked like a mom and two daughters, and the third, the, the second daughter, the youngest daughter, was lagging behind maybe five or six feet, and she had her face buried in her phone and wasn't paying attention. I mean, this girl was nine years old. I know. Christian parents know better than that. But we're affected by what the world does, and yeah. we want our kids to like us. We want to be uh, good, cool parents. And um, and the fact is, we end up handing our children a, an instrument that can destroy them. Yeah. And and you know what? We're afraid of the way our kids are going to react. Yeah. I've been having a hard time this week, Pastor Ron. I'm so glad that it's, it's Professor's Week on Jeopardy because <laughs> so cool. you know, and then on the Voice, the dad and the son, who's really a girl. you know. I'm just. Okay, so I'm I'm kind of preaching you know, today but, too. But they're they're not professing believers. No, we're talking about professing. believers. I know, but still. So <laughs> those those people are the object of our ministry. Yes, I know. I'm and we have to remember that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so so you can repent, get yes. your heart right. But, <laughs> yeah. but but don't have expectations of unbelievers. I'm not talking. The whole program today is we're talking about people who are who who stand in church during worship and raise their hands and sing to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Yeah. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Yeah. And they don't do that. Yeah. And, and Paula, judgment begins at the house of God. And the closer we get to the very end, the, the more harshly God is going to deal with his people to get them to that place where they, they can prove they're really his or they're not his. And honesty has to be key. Mm-hmm. Honesty has to be key. So divine appointments. I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> divine appointments. Let me get the phone number real quick. we got a little okay. bit of time still for anybody who wants to call or has any questions for Paul or for me. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Mm-hmm. So all the way back to the divine appointments because we have divine appointments with the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, and the angry. And so ask the Lord for divine appointments. And if, and I used to think like this, if you don't think you have enough information, um, you can ask every day the Lord to give you wisdom. He is generous in giving it without finding fault. And if you will take that step, um, you will find out you know more than you think you do because the Holy Spirit will empower you because he is more interested in winning people than making us uncomfortable. But he will make us uncomfortable. Um, He'll kind of, like you said in the city last night, he leads us. Sometimes he pulls us, and other times he pushes us. And um, it's for his name's sake. And, man, when you are obedient, it is the coolest thing when you're like, wow, Jesus used me? We're the lepers. Jesus used me. We were the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken. And sometimes we still might be the hurting ones. You know, we get we get bad news sometimes. Um, sometimes we are a little bit confused, but the Lord will straighten us all out. But take those steps and be more interested in winning people to Christ than protecting maybe your reputation, um, whatever. Just... It's about Jesus and the time is short. I don't want to, like I was saying, I think I said this on the radio last week. I don't want to go to bed tonight with a what if. What if? Did I miss something, Lord? I don't want to go to bed. What if I would have said this or what if I would have done that? I don't, I, I don't want to miss anything. You know, Paul, a lot of people are intimidated because you said a minute ago, I don't know enough. Um, you can be a brand new believer. And you know what God has done for you. Mm-hmm. This is the once I was blind, now I see effect. Mm-hmm. You know, just tell people what God has done for you. Mm-hmm. 
And and if they start asking questions or they they're cynical, just say, well, you know, I don't have all those answers yet mm-hmm. because I just know that this is what God did for me. Mm-hmm. And once I was blind, but now I can see. Mm-hmm. But if you'll come with me, I'll take you to people that can answer your questions. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. there there are those kinds of opportunities that God gives us every single day, mm-hmm. and all we have to do is sort of be available for them. Yeah, I used to say, I'm your agent. <laughs> Because mm-hmm, seriously, like if I didn't know, I would say, like I said earlier, we could call him or I'll say, yeah, he's right here. Let's go over here and ask him. If I don't know the answer, I don't need to make one up. But I do know where I can go to find the answers They're right here at church or, you know, let's look this up together in the Bible. Um, and so, yeah. OK, well, we've got five minutes, Paula. What else do you want to talk about today? Well, let me see. I want my kids saved. I wish they'd move closer to <laughs> Texas or right can't, down the street. But Can't help you with that. I, I'm praying. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't want to have any what-ifs, and I don't want um, any of our friends or family members out there to have any what-ifs either. Um, you keep asking the question, what is keeping you from Jesus? What's holding you back? Um you asked at the pastor's discipleship class, you know, what's what's that thing that you think is hindering the Lord from hearing your prayers? And, man, the, the guys were pretty honest, you know. Um, and so we need to really get honest with ourselves. We need to be like Phineas, not taking a sword towards anybody else. We all need to come with humility before the Lord and say, what about me, Lord? Yeah, I mean, that's being zealous for the Lord's honor. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, Paul, there's one word that answers that question. And I didn't get this response from people. that The word is sin. The things I want to do, and I'm afraid God won't let me do them. Mm. Or I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm not ready to stop doing this. And that's the kind of thing... Um, that 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 we really need to to be honest enough to deal with the Lord about, um, you know. Somebody says, "Well, but I I don't drink. I drink every day, but just to kind of relax me at the end of the day." Um, are you willing to give it up for Jesus? And probably, of course, it's for Jesus. But a lot of times, it's the kids and the wife who are saying, "You're not very nice when you drink," and so would you please do that for us? See, we, we, we don't want to be a role model for people. We we want to we want to um, the responsibility of, of being an example for others to follow uh, is daunting for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I, what I tell the church all the time is get over it, <laughs> because that's what we're we're his ambassador. We it's our job to represent him, yeah. and if we live for him. What the the verse in Hebrews says that we're to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and sometimes it's 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 a sin that most people would consider benign. Well, spiritually, I've been a little bit lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a bunch of other things that have taken my time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, if it's those kinds of things, we got to say, but Lord, that's a sin. A, a Romans fourteen twenty three says anything not mm-hmm. of faith is sin. Mm-hmm. And so, what we got to do anything that we can't do with the with the righteous heart, it doesn't mean that it, it has to be always be in the Bible. It doesn't mean that what was that in prayer, but but the things that we're doing uh-huh. that keep us from being available to the Lord. Yeah. Those are the things that we've got to be able to throw off. Yeah. And I think, Paula, we've got to get to that place where we realize that in the last days, there's an urgency. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no time to let God deal with the sin later. No. Yeah. And the end of that sentence says, and run with perseverance. See, we could do it for a little while. And then we think we deserve, you know, I've been nice for about a month or so. I need to... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I need to be able to blow I, we, off some speed. We laugh speed. through tears because yeah. people have said that. Yeah. You know, well, I've been good for a couple of months, so I deserve to have, go out and have a little fun. Yeah, yeah. No, we deserve hell. Yeah. Grace has delivered us, uh-huh. and we're able to walk in the presence. We're able to approach the unapproachable light. I know. I mean, if that doesn't make us grateful, then I don't think we can be grateful about mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. So, run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And so... Back to the original question that the girl asked today. So, how did you, how did you make fifty-two years almost? 
It'll be 52 years. I always do the same thing. I point up. Yep. And, and say, say Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. And we then, tried to ruin it, mm-hmm. and he rescued it. Yep. Because he kept saying, run with perseverance the race marked out for you. This is the one for life. Remember I told you, Paula, don't try to mess this up. <laughs> and I want you to love him with my love, not your old stinky love. I'll remind you tomorrow as well, but remember on Friday night at 7 o'clock, our children's Christmas play, and then Saturday evening at 6 o'clock, a repeat of that Christmas play. Uh, You can watch it online at calvaryessay.com, and you will be blessed, I promise. Have a wonderful week. I'll be back tomorrow on AM 630 The Word. See you then. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.